Well, hey, what is up, High Street Young Adults? My name is Isaac Sladen, and I am so glad and honored that I get the privilege um, to be here with you tonight. This is such a great community, and this is such an awesome place that we get to gather together like this. Not many places around the world are getting to do what we're doing right now. And so that's why it's so important, and that's why it's so important that each and every single one of you are here because I know and I truly believe that every single one of you is in here on purpose for a purpose. And, and I'm just so glad that you are here. If, if you didn't know, a little cold outside, okay? Uh, if you're like me, you, I don't like the cold. So whoever doesn't like the cold out there, shout out to you. Um, but I, I was walking outside today and it was like freezing. Like I, I was walking and I kind of had to stop for a second because it was like, it was kind of cold enough to where it like makes you mad a little bit. Like you're walking, you're like, Oh, it's really cold right now. Like, I'm trying to go where I need to go. But, hey, we're all here. We're here on purpose, for purpose. I am so glad that you are here. We are in this series, The Secret to a Good Life. And Jared last week had an amazing message talking about dropping the baggage that can keep us from that good life. And tonight, I want to talk about resting in who God is. That's what we're going to focus on tonight, resting in who God is. Is. And whenever we think about a good life, I want you to know that God has a good life for you. And that life looks greater than anything you could think or imagine. And he wants that for you. And I, and I want you to think about the good life in your own mind and what you think that may look like. Maybe for you, it's, it's just a calm, peaceful life. Maybe you've never really experienced any of that. So if you're just searching, I just want calm, a calmness. I just want peace in my life. Maybe for you, it's, it's achievements, it's accomplishments, you're driven. You're like, if I get this done, if I get that job, if I graduate, boom, 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 whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's what you wrap your mind around whenever you think about the good life. Maybe it's relationships with people. Maybe it's just getting that boyfriend or girlfriend or getting married or just being in good standing with people. Whatever the good life looks like for you, I, I want you to think about that. And we're going to focus in on resting in who God is. In just a little bit, we're going to be in Psalm 23. So I would encourage you to get your Bibles out. And if you don't have one, it's going to be on the screen for you. But we're going to be in Psalm 23. And we're going to be able to look at how we can rest in who God is. No matter our circumstance, no matter what we're walking through, we're able to rest in who God is. But when we think about rest, maybe you've been in a situation where you're restless. And I want to tell you about one of those situations in my life. So uh, uh, I was in Kenya on a mission trip, and it's kind of funny. The last time I spoke, I talked about a story where I fed a giraffe with my mouth. I promise I'm not going to say that story again. Uh, but this was on that same trip, so th there was just a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I was in Kenya on a safari, and we, we were out there. We were in tents. They called it a luxury tent, but it was, <laughs> it was definitely not that. We were in a tent, and uh, you're, you're out there. Like, there's no gate between you and those animals, okay? You, you are in their environment. And I remember the first night we get there, I'm super excited, we're going on an all day safari the next day. And I, I couldn't really sleep anyway, just mainly because I was excited. So I, I was trying to sleep, I was like half sleeping, half awake. And I remember I, I was trying to sleep and I just hear this noise, okay? I just hear that. And it was kind of like those moments, like whenever you're sleeping, it, you're just like standing there and then it's like, boom, wide awake. 
Like you don't even, like I just went from sleeping, trying to sleep to boom. Something is about to come into this tent and end my life right now. Like that's what I felt like. Like I was sleeping on my side and I, I felt like, okay, if I turn around, it's just gonna be like, boom, hyena to the face. Like that's how it is. Like I, that's how I go out on the safari. It's been awesome. But, but that, in that situation, I found myself real restless at, the, at that point. And maybe whatever you walked in here with, maybe you're feeling restless too. Maybe you're putting, you found yourself putting your rest in other things that aren't really fulfilling that. Or maybe there's just a situation in your life that's heavy and you're weary and it's, it's, it's just heavy on your shoulders. I wanna ask you, where is your rest? Where's your rest right now in your life? We're gonna, we're gonna be in Psalm 23 tonight. And like I said, it's gonna be on the screen. I would encourage you to turn there in your Bible. Uh, th- this is a great passage for some of you. It might be a familiar passage. Um, also shout out High Street Worship. One of their songs, Restore, uh, is, is written based on this passage. And that song is a bop. Uh, shout out to my, my friend, Maya. Uh, one of the first times we heard it, we were listening to that. We, we got lit to that song. It, it's a fire song. You should listen to it. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's on Apple Music. Shout out High Street Worship. Anyway, we're gonna be in Psalm 23. And one of the main things we're gonna look at is this. This, this psalm talks about the Lord or God as our shepherd. That's what David writes about. He says, the Lord is my shepherd in verse one. We're gonna see God as our shepherd. And the main thing I want us to think of is this. Seeking God as the good shepherd allows us to rest in who he is. Seeking God as the good shepherd allows us to rest in who he is. That's the main thing we're going to be able to see from this set of verses. And it's just a little bit of background on this passage. David was writing this psalm while a civil war was being waged against him in Israel to do two things to him, to remove him from his throne and to end his life. Thinking about that background for a second, I don't know if I would be able to call that like a restful situation. Like, if I'm David, I'm not like, I'm chilling, bro. Like, I'm good. Like, there's people like after this dude. Like, this is not a restful situation. This is a restless situation. But David was able to find rest. Why? Because he knew God as his good shepherd. This meant that he followed God more than anyone else. This meant that he had God's volume turned up the most in his life. That was what was influencing him the most. So let me ask you another question. What position does God have in your life? Whose voice do you listen to the most? I, I really want you to think about that. Maybe for you, it's, it's your feelings, it's yourself. You tend to go based on how you feel in the moment. It, it's yourself. Maybe for you, it's culture. Whatever culture's saying, that, that's the voice that might get turned up a little bit. And it's easy to get there if we're not careful. But those things aren't the answer. The only way we're gonna find rest is in the good shepherd. So in, in, this, in, in this section of verses, David refers to God as the shepherd. And whenever we think of shepherd, or at least I do, I automatically think of sheep. Does anyone know anything about sheep? I literally, like, before this, I didn't know anything. I was like, okay, yeah, that's like that animal, like that farm animal that makes a weird noise and like kind of looks like a goat. Like that, that's the only thing I knew. But, but we can find out some things about sheep. And David knew some things about sheep because he was a shepherd. And the main overall thing we can know about sheep is that sheep are dumb. Like, for, for real, sheep are dumb. A, a few things that they need. And whenever I talk about these things, I want you to think about us too because we need these too. Sheep need guidance. 
They need guidance to the good spots. We need that in our lives. They lack wisdom. We, we naturally don't have wisdom either. And sheep are dirty. They're messy. They're gross. They smell bad. Sheep are dirty. We need guidance. We lack wisdom. And we're dirty as well. We have sin in our life. Some of us may have baggage in our life. But real quick, I want to encourage you. No one's too messy for the good shepherd. I want you to hear that. Don't, don't think that your, your past or, or any sin that's in your life is keeping you from the good shepherd. We're going to see in a little bit how he's pursuing you. No one's too messy for the good shepherd. And, and, and when, whenever we get background on sheep, now we can see what David's saying. David is saying, hey, that sheep, that's me. I need guidance. I, I lack wisdom. I, I'm dirty. I need God as my good shepherd. And that's us too. David is saying this. He's recognizing that he, God, is the shepherd and I am the sheep. We're the sheep. We, we desperately need a shepherd. Real, real quick, I want to show you this video. Maybe you've seen it, but I think this is a real good depiction of how we're the sheep and how we desperately need the, a shepherd. So go ahead and watch this video. You see this sheep is getting pulled out of uh, this ditch by our guy here. So we, we appreciate that. And awesome, the sheep gets pulled out. Thank you so much. And boom, night, night, back in the ditch. <laughs> like, like, maybe you've seen that video before. That's, that's us. Like, <laughs> We're, we're, maybe we're in a valley, we're in a ditch, we need God to pull us out, boom, he does, and right back in. From that video, boom, there we go, even slow-mo, look at that. We desperately need a shepherd, that's us. We desperately need the good shepherd, and that's God. We'll, we're we're going to look at Psalm 23, verse 1. Uh, let's, let's read this together. The first verse says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Quick time out. Already, we're, we're taking a time out. But we, we want things, don't we? We have a lot of wants in our life. We want everything. We have a want in our life, but that want never really seems to end. Now hear me, don't hear this. Don't hear, okay, I never can want anything again, underline. Don't, don't hear that, okay? But here's what, what, what I want you to see in, in, this, in this verse. What David is saying here, this is a statement of sufficiency in God from David. This is a statement of contentment in God. Don't rest in the one. We're about to look at greener pastures, how God leads us to green pastures in just a second. But real quick, I want you to think about this question when it comes to wanting things. Are you putting the rest in, in what you want later? Don't, don't put your rest and don't look to greener pastures. Look to the good shepherd. Don't look to your version of what a greener pasture looks like. Look to what the good shepherd says is right. Find rest in the sufficiency of the good shepherd. I want you to remember too that this is a thing you gotta learn. You gotta train to do this. This is not something that you're just gonna naturally like have an instinct, all right, God, boom, let's go. You gotta learn how to do this. But whenever you do this, you're gonna find out that this is ultimately the best way to live and ultimately the best and only true way really to find rest. So that's the first thing we need to do. Recognize and make God our good shepherd. We need to turn the volume up of his voice in our life. And when we do that, we do that so we can find sufficiency and contentment and rest in him. Verse two says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. If you can, I want you to underline the word makes. The idea here 
in, in this verse is it's not God is forcing you to rest. That word makes is translated to lets me rest or takes me to. That idea is that he is making it possible for you to rest. He's the one that allows us to rest. And we're about, we're about to find out just some quick things in, in these set of verses of how we can rest in him. We can rest in him because of these things. Let's look at them. One of the first things is this. We can rest in the fact that true rest isn't found in the absence or presence of something else, but only found in the presence of the good shepherd. It's not found in the absence or presence of anything else, but only in the presence of the good shepherd. We talked about wants earlier. We, we can't rest in the want. We can't rest in the presence of something else. We can't take something else in our life, whether that's a relationship, whether that's just getting that higher job opportunity, whether that's whatever that is, we can't put our rest in that. We're not gonna get contentment in that. We're not gonna find true rest in that. We can't rest in the presence of something else or even the absence of something else. We can't just rest in the, if this would just go away, because there's gonna be another time where you're gonna be like, if this would just go away. We can't rest in those moments. Rest isn't found in the presence or absence of something else, only in the presence of the good shepherd. He is the one that allows us to rest. Verse three, at the beginning it says, he restores my soul. Other translations say he renews my strength. And we're only able to feel that and be able to live that out in our life, no matter what's going on, if we seek his presence, if we seek the presence of the good shepherd, because trusting and obeying the good shepherd brings rest in our life. Verse four says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff they come for me. The next thing we're able to rest in is this. We're able to rest in the fact of this. You're not defined or defeated by your dark valley because the good shepherd is present in it. You're not defined or defeated by your dark valley because the good shepherd is present in it. He is there. He is for you. In just a second, we're about to look at what the rod and the staff mean. And those are super important. That proves how he's present. Let me ask, have you been through a dark valley before in your life? Have you been through a dark valley? Are you in a dark valley right now? And not like, not like a funny dark valley, like, oh my gosh, they didn't follow me back on Instagram, like whatever, like a for real, like something that just hurt, like it's hard and you're broken over that. And it's just weighing you down and you, you just can't seem to escape it. It's all your mind is on. Are you in a dark valley? What does it feel like? Maybe it's baggage you carry, some regret. Maybe you're just confused at what's next or what's going on right now. Maybe you're angry at God. You're saying, why is this happening? You don't really want anything to do with God right now. Are you in a dark valley? I can, I can remember in uh, ninth grade, I, th I thought I was in a dark valley in this story. Um, Ninth grade, my cousin uh, Brady came to Midland, Texas, and it, it was his birthday week, so we were just going to hang out. And around that time was March Madness starting. In my opinion, uh, March Madness is the best time of the year. The first day of March Madness is like up there uh, with Christmas Day, just in my opinion. Anyway, it's the best. So I can remember 
I would, I would be so serious about this. Like I'd be filling out brackets like crazy. Like I'd be doing all this stuff and I would get so upset if one of my teams lost. Like I would be so mad. So I can remember me and Brady were just sitting there, we were watching it and we were sitting there and one of the teams that I had going really far lost in like the first round. And if you know anything about March Madness, that's like, boom, shot to the heart. Like that's not what you want. And I can remember we're sitting there, we're watching it and and my team loses and it's like, boom, dark valley mode. Like that's where my mind went. I, I was just sitting there, I was like, I'll be right back. And I left, I went out the back door. I like shut it hard for like extra emphasis. So like everyone in the house knew I was mad. I, th- I thought I was in a dark valley. I really wasn't. But maybe you're in a dark valley or you've experienced one. And that's hard. That can be scary. That can be confusing. That can feel weak. That can be restless. It's hard to find rest in a dark valley. I want you to focus on the rod and the staff. This is how the good shepherd is present. Two things, the rod. The shepherd used this actually whenever it was hurting its sheep, whenever it was uh, with its sheep. The rod was kind of like a club, like uh, a club-like thing. It was like shorter, kind of heavier. And what the rod was used, was, was it used for? It was for this. It was a weapon of power, authority, and defense. And it was a sign of continuous comfort to the sheep that the shepherd was around. So a, a thing of power, authority, it, the shepherd would use it to like protect the sheep from predators and stuff like that. What David is referring to in this verse is this. He's referring to the function of God's word in our lives, that the good shepherd, that God uses to do these things, defend us, protect us, discipline us, search us. And we need this today. We need this rod right here. We need God's word in our life. We, we desperately need that. If you look at our culture today, there's, we're in a culture that's moving further and further away from the things of God, and we need this to protect us. In, and we, we can use it as a weapon because it does have power. It has authority. We need this rod. That's the first way that the good shepherd is present in your valley. The second way is a staff. If you think of this as it's like a longer like stick type type of device and it had a hook at the end of it. And this is what the shepherd used this for. The staff was used to correct, lift, guide, and steer and rescue the sheep. So if we go back to talking about sheep, sheep are kind of dumb and sheep kind of tend to stray a little bit. We can, we can kind of stray a little bit every once in a while. We need God's staff. We need his guidance in our life. We can stray. We need guidance from the good shepherd to lead us to a place of rest. That's how he's present in your valley, in your dark valley. But we can easily forget the truth of these two things, can't we? I've been there, I've forgotten about them. But here's what I want you to do, and here's what I wanna challenge myself to with this. I'm, I'm right here with you. We need to cling to these two things, look to them, say, okay, I know they're there. We need to believe in them believe the power they have, believe in God's guidance, believe that he's leading us to suffer our good and his glory ultimately, and we need to live them out. Live these things out, cling to them, believe to them, live them out and watch them work. We we can think of dark valleys as a problem in our life. And we know from this verse that God is present in them, but it's easy to forget that. I wanna remind you of this. The presence of problems never means the absence of God. The presence of problems never means the absence of God. That dark valley you're in, it's present. You feel it. You, you see it. You're walking through it. It never means the absence of God. He's with you right now. 
in your dark valley. Verse five says this. You prepare before me, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. David knows this. He knows that the enemies are real. He knows that the enemy, Satan, is real. And we're even warned of an enemy. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, who? The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That first part says stay alert. It's like, like it, this isn't like a, yeah, you know, pay attention every once in a while, like, you're good. No, this is like warning, like, stay alert. The enemy is real. I want you to know two things uh, uh, about this. You have, we have to know that we're being hunted by an enemy, but we also can know you don't got to be taken down. You got to know that, that he's trying to go after you. He's trying to devour you. You got to know you're being hunted, but you also got to know you, you don't got to be taken down. Think of lions for a second. In a group of lions, the, the males in the group, they just like do the roaring. Like they just scare the prey, like when they're hunting, like they just scare it. But the females actually attack it. You can, whenever you're in this dark valley, whenever you're, you're in a place where you can't find rest, whenever you're confused, whenever you, you feel like every, everything in your mind is just clogged and you can't find rest and you feel the enemy is working, hear the roar, but you don't gotta get taken down. No, you're being hunted, but you don't have to be taken down. And here, here's, here's the thing we gotta do when we're in this dark valley. Learn to walk in it, but we can't give into it. Learn to walk through it, but we can't give into it because here's what it might feel like. And I've been there. It might feel like you're here in this dark valley and, and you're just so, you're broken. There's just so much darkness. It just feels like you can't see. It just feels like there is no light or hope. But here is the hope. God's light is always on. You might be in darkness. There's no light. You can't see light at the end of the tunnel. You're scared. You, you're, you're just so broken and dark. You can't see light. God's light is always on. And, and sometimes that might be the only light available. And that really is the true light we need to cling to. This is why David could say, hey, even though I walk through the valley, the dark valley, I know God's with me. And it might be dark. And I don't know what's next. And I'm scared. God's light is always on. Seek the good shepherd for rest because he's present there. Verse six says this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What this is, this is a promise based on our obedience to everything we saw earlier from God. And when we read this verse, I wanna focus on three things. Three words, follow goodness and mercy. I wanna focus on the word goodness. This relates to the Hebrew idea of shalom, meaning peace or rest or welfare or completeness. That's what goodness means there, peace and rest. Mercy means this, that Hebrew word gets translated to steadfast love. And I love this definition of steadfast love, a firm loyalty, unswerving dedication, immovable, irrefutable, unchangeable, unalterable, love. Focus on the word follow. This type of follow is translated to a hunting term, meaning to pursue, to chase after, to attend closely to, to go after like you've never gone after anything before. That's what that means. 
And God is chasing you with those things, that goodness, that mercy, that peace and rest that you're searching in everything else for, that, that steadfast love that you're searching in everything else for. God is pursuing you with those things. It's not just like a casually like following you like down the road, like a little puppy dog or something. Like he's pursuing you with these things. He's running after you with these things. And the thing we can rest in here is this. We can rest in the fact that you can't outrun the love of God. Rest in the fact that you can't outrun the love of God. Maybe some of you in here are trying to outrun the love of God. Maybe for some of you, it's based on something in your past. You're saying, God can't love me because I did whatever. Maybe for others, it's, it's what you're hiding. What, what you're doing whenever no one sees, the way you're living when no one sees. Maybe you say, God can't love me because I'm doing blank and no one knows about it. Maybe it's just the way you're living. Maybe you, you think, God can't love me because I'm living like blank. Maybe you're just angry at God. You're saying, like, God, why is this happening? Like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. I don't like it. I, I don't know what's next. I can't see. It's frustrating me. I don't understand this. Are you angry? Maybe it's just your season where you're at. It could be confusing about what next step to take. And maybe you don't, want, you don't even know the next step, so that's a little scary. It's uncertain. Here's what I want you to be careful of, and we all need to do this, because we can do this. Here's what I don't want you to do. Don't hurt yourself trying to outrun God's love when you can rest in God's love. Don't hurt yourself trying to outrun the love of God when you can rest in it, when you were designed to rest in it and have relationship with him. Because those things we said earlier, past, hiding, the way you're living, you're angry, you're confused at, at what's next, those things, you're trying to outrun God because of those. And, and we saw earlier, God is pursuing you with a steadfast love, with a goodness, with a mercy. He's pursuing you with peace and rest. You gotta find it in him. Don't hurt yourself trying to outrun God's love whenever you were made and whenever you can rest in his love because that's where rest is truly found, is in God's love. Rest in who God is. And God is the good shepherd. Even Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd in John 10. John 10, 11 says this, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life for you. Jesus is the good shepherd. He laid his life down. He sacrificed himself on a cross, past, present, and future sin for you. He wants to be your good shepherd. He wants you to rest in him. He wants you to follow him. We even see that in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Jesus says this, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find what? Rest 
for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Let me ask you and let me tell you something. Quit trying to find rest in everything else. Jesus is calling you to rest in him. Whatever that is, what, if it's that relationship, whatever's culture is telling you is acceptable. Maybe it's popularity. Maybe it's just alcohol or drugs or sex. Maybe it's what others are thinking about you is what you put your rest in. Maybe you're just in a place where it's just hard and it's just heavy and you, you just don't think you can find rest in anything. Jesus is calling you right now. He's saying, if, you're, if you carry heavy burdens, I can give you true rest. I am the good shepherd. Find rest in him. He's calling you to rest in him. Don't try to outrun the love he's trying to give you. Rest in the love he's trying to give you. Seek him, find true rest in him. That can be scary, I know, because it can mean you may have to give up some things. And it can mean you might not know what's next. But this is the only place to find true rest. Not anything else what this world says is right, not anything else that this world has to offer will give you true rest, but Jesus, and he's calling you to rest in him right now. Will you, uh, will you bow your heads and close your eyes as, as we close? I just wanna ask you something. As we see in these verses, man, Jesus is calling you to rest in him. Will you listen? Will you listen to what he's calling you to? And, and maybe you're like, Isaac, man, I've seen all this other stuff. I've tried to find rest in it. I, I can't. I hear this guy, Jesus, you're talking about. I need that, I need a savior, I need rest. What does that look like if you wanna accept Jesus and find rest in him? It looks like this, it, acknowledge, hey, I've been putting rest in my faith in everything and every other thing that this world has to offer, but now put your rest in him. That's what that looks like. Don't wait, don't waste another minute, don't waste another moment, don't leave this room. If you haven't put your faith in him, if you haven't put your rest in him or trust in him, Jesus is calling you to do that. He's saying, forget all the things that, that, that you think are giving you sufficiency. There's a hole in your heart, in your life that only Jesus can fill. Find rest in him. Jesus is calling you to that right now. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe you need to do that. If God's leading you to that, if you wanna accept Jesus tonight, would you just slip your hand in there? There's gonna be a team of people down here. I'm about to pray and then we're about to worship, but there's gonna be a team of people down here ready to talk to you and lead you to finding rest in Jesus and to the, to the believer in the room. Where is your rest? What are you putting your rest in? What are you putting your sufficiency and your contentment in? Is it that relationship? Is it that getting that job promotion? Is it graduating? Is it, is it whatever you're, you're finding yourself putting your rest in? And if it's not Jesus, we're, what, we tend to carry those things and they just become burdens. But Jesus is calling us and saying, hey, if you're heavy burdened, if you're weary, if you're tired, find true rest in me. And he's calling you to do that right now. And if your rest hasn't been in him, make the change. 
can make the change right now, tonight. Don't leave this room. Don't wait another minute. Don't wait another second. Make the change. The time to make a decision is now. We, we, we can't wait to do this. We got to go now. We got to do it now. We got to put our rest in him right now because he loves you. He forgives you. He doesn't hold a grudge. He wants you to find rest in him. He wants you to seek him. Whatever he's leading you to, will you listen? I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for, for, for your word and, and your rod and your staff and allowing us to be able to find rest in you. God, I pray that even though we may hear what other people have to say, what, what the world has to say, that we wouldn't put our rest in that, that we wouldn't put our rest in, in our relationships, in our status, in what other people are saying about us, in what the world says, that we would only put our rest in you because we, only, because we know that the good shepherd brings rest. Trusting and obeying the good shepherd brings rest. I pray that we would remember that, that we would cling to that, that we would believe that and live that out in our life.